And welcome. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. It's uh, so good to see you again. Listen, in the last series, I did a, a series on partnerships, uh, the 10 elements that you need to grow healthy partnerships. And today I'm going to start kind of the negative side of that, if uh, the other side of the coin, so to speak. And we're going to look at a series here called The Eight A's that kill healthy partnerships. So if there's 10 things you need to form a healthy partnership, what are some of the things that can kill a partnership? And today I'm gonna to start looking at those elements that kill healthy partnerships. Now this content is taken from my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, an introduction for Christian entrepreneurs and what the Bible says about owning a business. I've also now published recently a um, a condensed or an abridged version of a Christian theology of business ownership. And that book is titled, What the Bible Says About Owning a Business. It's about half the length. I've stripped out most of the, almost all of the quotes, almost all of the footnotes. And I, I just, I kind of just get to the point and then I move on. So either of these books will work for you. What the Bible Says About Owning a Business or a Christian theology of business ownership, the core content is the same. The theology book is just a little bit more in-depth and a little bit more um, academic, as it were. But before we uh, get going, I just want to take another note here about these A's. First of all, if you have one of these A's, any one of these A's, so anger, apathy, affairs, abuse, addictions, arrogance, ambiguity, or an autocrat, right? If you have any one of those, uh, it's just going to take more cycles and energy and time in order to have a good partnership. Uh, if you have two or more of any of these A's, then it's just going to become really, really difficult uh, to maintain a healthy partnership. And what I say here on this slide is that three or more and, you know, your partnership's done. Just pick any three. I mean, just think about a partnership where there's addictions with a really arrogant partner and that partner's having affairs. I mean, it, it just isn't going to work. Or think about a, a partner that's really angry and uh, is really verbally abusive and is a huge autocrat. You know, it, it's just not going to work. So pick any three and chances are your partnership is dead. Uh, pick any two and it gets really difficult. But if you have just one of these characteristics in your partnership, you can have a good partnership. It'll just take a lot more energy and, uh, and a lot more cycles on your part to make the partnership work. I'll also encourage you to head over to BibleandBusiness.com where I have some articles and other podcasts. You can also download the slides in PDF for format for this broadcast. And uh, here on this YouTube channel, if this is helpful to you, I'll just ask that you subscribe. I try to publish on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time uh, my next videos. And so uh, if you would just subscribe, I would appreciate it. Okay, let's get going. Let's talk about the first A that kills partnerships. And that first A is anger. Anger is really an emotion that strongly expresses displeasure, as you know. But when a person becomes highly angry, they also can either cause other people to be angry and very argumentative, or they shut down communication and they cause others to walk on eggshells. When it's you, the owner, 
who becomes highly angry, you just shut everybody down around you because you have all the power in the room. There's a power imbalance there. And between the power imbalance and your anger, you're just going to shut everybody else down around you. It's going to kill their creativity. They're not going to want to collaborate with you. And even if you're only angry, you know, one or two or three percent of the time, the reality is, is that that anger can outweigh all of the wonderful calmness and happiness that you get the other 97, 98, 99% of the time. That anger, uh, I, I can just tell you, it kills the other good times. <clears throat> it also takes a good relationship and makes it bad, and it takes a bad relationship and prolongs it to the point of exhaustion. So anger in a, in a business partnership uh, is generally not a good thing. So there are a number of sources of anger, you know, hurt, frustration, um, that kind of thing. But for this presentation, what I want to do here is to focus on one particular kind of source of anger, which I think we often get in business, especially as business owners. And that source is hearing the truth. And, I'm, and what I really mean is the unvarnished truth. Let's read from 2 Chronicles 16, verses 7 through 10. At that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers and chariots and horsemen? Yet you relied on the Lord, and he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. So here you have... Um, a prophet of God coming to the king of Judah and saying, look, you have made a mistake. You have sinned. And here's what God is going to do in response to your sin. And that king, when he hears the truth, he just gets livid. He just gets angry. And he, you know, you kind of wonder why he's getting angry because it's really about himself. It's, it's his own dysfunction. It, it's his own mistakes that has caused the situation that he is in. And yet he's projecting his anger onto the messenger rather than taking a look at himself personally, right? This is why I bake into every company that I ever run here. I bake in this idea that the truth is never the problem. It's a core value for the business. The truth is never the problem. Regardless of what's happening, how we got there might be a problem, how we're thinking about our current situation might be a problem, but the fact that we are in a situation with certain particulars, certain things that are just evident and truthful, that is not the problem. The truth itself, the raw truth, is never the problem. How we got there, how we're thinking about it, those all things can be problems. But the, the truth itself is never the problem. So let me, let me give you an example. Let's say that uh, you're running a company and uh, you decided to take your company out for lunch. And so you took your, I'll just say 60 employees out to lunch. And, uh, 
and uh, the bill comes up to, I'll just say $2,500. And you kind of get angry. Like, man, this shouldn't be this expensive to take 60 people to, to lunch, you know, and, and you know what? The truth is not the, the 20, the fact that you spent $2,500 to take your uh, employees to lunch is not the problem. The problem is you didn't count the cost before you went, right? So that's just a kind of a, a weird or an absurd example of, of the fact that the truth is never the problem. And what this, what this does is that, uh, by the way, if you're, um, you're Hanani, the seer, the, the prophet here, how likely are you to go back and talk to um, Asa and say a second time and say, you've really screwed up, here's what God says? Right, you're going to be really hesitant because the last time he put you in jail and he and he oppressed you and some of your people, right? So here, um, what I like about this is this: this enables everybody in your company to talk about the truth without getting angry. And so I, I just leave this with you as a little bit of a bunny trail here, a little bit of a side note, but just remember that that the truth is never the problem, and it's never the problem in your partnership either, okay? So there are other sources of anger. Like I said earlier, you can be hurt. You can have your goals that are blocked by somebody else. You can be afraid. Maybe you're arrogant. Arrogant people are often very angry because they feel slighted and they feel disrespected when people disagree with them. Uh, when reality, other people are just trying to collaborate and point out some problems and the arrogant people uh, take it as personally, they, they take it as a personal affront. Um, arrogance really, that's why we're going to get to it later on in this, in this series. Um, angry people, just so you know, they make horrible partners. Uh, people who get angry easily are not good partners. Uh, your staff isn't going to want to be around them. Frankly, you're not going to want to be around them either. So I would just encourage you to remember that they do not make good partners. And they're very difficult people uh, to work with. I think whatever success you have in business with an angry person is going to be diminished compared to what it could have been had they been able to keep their anger in check or had they been healed enough by the Lord that they were genuinely not angry people. So I just something for you to think about there. Whatever success you do have, I, I look at a Steve Jobs um, who was a really a very abusive, angry person at points uh, internally with his staff. I think he could have even been more successful. Um, Bill Gates was that way sometimes too. He, he could get pretty angry um, uh, behind closed doors. Many presidents get that way, especially um, a couple of our more recent presidents. Um, and you know, you just your, your, your effectiveness is diminished when your anger takes over. And the reason is because when emotions run high, sense runs low. And a, when a strong anger is, is running high, you're not thinking clearly. And so um, whatever success you have in business with an angry person is probably diminished success um, compared to what it could have been. So, And here's a warning for all Christians who are business owners using anger as a management tool to motivate your employees or to manipulate them into action is a particularly pathetic way to lead. Um, I think about a Bobby Knight who uh, used anger for 30 years to try to motivate his teams and it motivated some of his players but not all of them and um, 
you know, he he was known for at the time because I grew up in Indiana and played basketball and three years of varsity ball when Bobby Knight was at his zenith at Indiana University, and I I just remember uh, really admiring him growing up and kind of hoping I could play for him someday. Uh, now as an adult, I would have never wanted to play for him ever, never. The guy, the guy um, was was verbally and physically abusive to his players for years, and and no one, no one um, uh, really said anything, and I think that is a particularly pathetic way uh, to lead. The purposeful use of anger as a management tool should never be characteristic of a Christian leader in business, and. There might be some who disagree with me. And this is, by the way, this is particularly true in the church where you have uh, pastors who have very few people management skills. And so they, they default to anger as a way to get their staff in line. And um, I just don't respect that. I, I, in fact, I, I remember asking a, uh, an associate pastor um, at, a, at a rather large church, uh, that I attended for a while. Do you have to be a horse's ass to be a senior pastor of a large church? Because every senior pastor of a large church I've ever been to is a power-oriented, angry guy behind closed doors. And I think that that is um, that's wrong. And it says a lot about how we're not training our pastors uh, to be um, solid leaders. And it might actually be an indication that we're allowing our churches to get too large. And that maybe instead of growing a church to 10 or 15,000, maybe they needed to plant 10 or 15 churches and keep them at 1,000 or 1,500. So, um, again, the purposeful use of anger is a management tool. I don't uh, respect it, and I don't recommend it, and I do not believe that it should be a part of a Christian leader in business or in ministry. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man or you yourself will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Okay, so if you've got an angry pastor, you may have to change churches. Okay, if, you've, if you're an angry business leader, you need to get on your knees and figure this out uh, because this is not, anger is not something that God values in his uh, people, and in his stewards. Instead, we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for man's anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Take this to the bank. Man's anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. When When you pound on your employees through anger to get certain results from them, you are doing it the wrong way, quite frankly. And what you think is getting results is not getting you the results that you really want. You might get some short-term results, but the long-term results are that they're going to avoid you, they're going to stay away from you, and they're going to find other jobs. And they will not leave your company, they will leave you. And that is not a good place for you to be. Highly angry business owners have mediocre talent on their staff because top talent doesn't stay doesn't stay for that. They don't stick around to work for an angry guy. Top talent goes somewhere else where, frankly, they can lead, they can be themselves, they're respected, they're valued, they're listened to, and they don't have to argue with somebody 
every day or once a week or something like that. So uh, every time I have consulted with a business where the owner has been an angry person, uh, that owner has had mediocre talent around him and his business. And then, of course, that reinforces the owner's idea that, um, that my gosh, I'm the only one talented here. Nobody is as talented as I am because look at all these people around me. They can't do this and they can't do that. And, and they're, not, they're, not, uh, they're not even beginning to live up to the standards that I have for them. And that's just arrogance and pride. And it's anger that has created a mediocre environment. And uh, uh, angry owners need to get a hold of their anger. And angry partners uh, need to either get a hold of their partner or their anger, or they need to leave the partnership. So uh, in review, anger is a distancing emotion that damages a partnership and a business um, when present in a consistent way. Christians in business should stay away from angry people. We saw that in Proverbs. And Christians in business should not be characterized by anger. We saw that in the James passage. So, next week we're going to look at apathy. And we're going to look at what apathy is and how it can kill um, a partnership. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. So good to have you aboard. And uh, if this is helpful to you at all, just drop me a line at bill at bibleandbusiness.com. I'd love to hear from you. So until next week, I want to say have a great week and a great day. And uh, I give you the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take care. <music>